Our God is a God of new beginnings. Thank God. So take a deep breath. Let go of yesterday. It's gone. Embrace this day. This is God's gift to us. Lift up your hearts and let's find God together. And I want to take a moment to say thank you to all of you who have made a new beginning in life and work possible for me. I'm deeply grateful um, when you join me here at the Fellowship of the Withered Hand. And I especially want to say thank you. Uh, Tim Williams is telling me that over 40 of you are giving to what we're doing on a regular basis. That's kind of overwhelming to me. And I think more than a few hundred people have given at some point. And um, to be able to do this, to be able to meet together with people and learn together about God and faith is such a gift. And I'm so grateful at this point in life to be able to do this. I take it very much just one day at a time, day by day. Um, but knowing that there's a group of us together who are a part of this means the world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now the word for today, speaking of new beginnings is be curious. The great Christian writer and thinker GK Chesterton said one time, there are no uninteresting subjects. All that exists are uninterested people. So today don't be one of them. Be curious. And you were made for this. You were made to learn and to understand and to search and explore, discover. We find this in the opening chapters of the book of Genesis. We're told in chapter 2 that now the Lord God, this is verse 19, had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature... That was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock and the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. Now, obvious question when we're reading through this is, why didn't God name the creatures themselves? Because he made them and he's perfectly creative and inventive and he could have done that quite easily. But he doesn't because he is allowing the man to develop and to grow into his capacity as an image bearer and a dominion exerciser. And so God deliberately leaves some work for the man to do, and he brings the animals. And so this is something that the man and God are doing together. And initially, his names are real simple and sticky and memorable. Dog, cat, pig, cow. And uh, he gets them just right. I'm not a big poodle fan, and I think that name, Poo and Dull, he nailed it. And then crawdads and cockatoos and cockroaches and and then the duck-billed platypus. He's kind of running out of names by this point. But God makes space. God steps back to allow for the man to be able to come up with names. Not just that. As you may know, in the ancient world, naming was far more than just attaching some neutral label to something. To name something was to observe it carefully, to discern its essential nature and give language to that. So when we see the man naming the creatures, this is the beginning now of zoology and biology and taxonomy and naming what's the genus and what's the species. God could have just given him a critter manual to have all that information laid out. He's allowing the man to discover. Christians used to write sometimes about how God has given us the little book, the book of scriptures that we read about God in, but also the big book. And that's the book of his world where um, we learn also about God. And not just that, 
The text uh, says that God brought the animals to the man to see what the man would name them. Now, this language is quite fascinating. God could have simply looked into his crystal ball and predicted what the man would name them. But God did not. Apparently, God wanted to be surprised. And apparently, part of being God is, if God wants to be surprised by something, he is perfectly capable of doing that. When God took on human form, Jesus, the second Adam, that's called the incarnation, and part of the message of the incarnation is that God is able to limit himself. And perhaps that didn't happen just when God became flesh in Jesus. God limits himself. God limits his willing so that human beings can have their own little kingdom so that you can will. God limits his naming so that the man is able to name. God limits his knowing so that the man is able to reveal the names that he has to God. And and God wants for us to expand our minds and to grow and to exercise in our little kingdoms. And so discovery and knowledge, learning, peer review, the experimental method, all these are things that delight God and they are part of what we do to follow him. When we are learning about Genesis, when we're learning about ancient Near Eastern history, we actually discover more about the intent of Genesis and what it means about um, the human condition And that in turn actually enables us to understand that what the Bible says in Genesis is perfectly compatible with what we're learning through science in the 21st century. And this is a very important discovery. Sometimes throughout history, people have misunderstood Genesis and this kept them from pursuing the knowledge of nature in ways that God loves. I want you to listen to this quote, then I'll tell you who it's from. Usually, even a non-Christian knows something about the earth, the heavens, and the other elements of this world, about the motion and orbit of the stars, and even their size and relative positions, about the predictable eclipses of the sun and the moon, the cycles of the years and the seasons, and about the kinds of animals, shrubs, and stones, and so forth. And this knowledge he holds to as being certain from reason and experience. Now, It is a disgraceful and dangerous thing for an infidel to hear a Christian, presumably giving the meaning of Holy Scriptures, talking nonsense on these topics. And we should take all means to prevent such an embarrassing situation in which people show up vast ignorance in a Christian and laugh to scorn. Now, that was actually a statement by the Christian thinker and writer Augustine, who lived more than 1,500 years ago, who as a young man was himself exposed to a quite inaccurate and narrow interpretation of the early chapters of Genesis and had no Christian faith for some time and then eventually was exposed to a better, richer, fuller understanding and had, as you may know, quite a profound conversion experience. Now, in his days, the issues were not around science as we think of them, but coming to understand um, the ancient history in which the book of Genesis was written actually prepares us to be able to explore more deeply into science in our day. And it is a tragic thing when people misunderstand the Bible and misvalue enterprises like science, which God has given us to understand. So the word for today is be curious. Open your eyes. Look around you at God's world, at the big book, and ask, what does it mean? Think, 
deeply and sharply and read widely, including people that you disagree with. I was talking to my friend Tom recently. He was telling me about his dad. His dad had reached what's supposed to be retirement age, but his mom said, "Uh, not you. I married you for dinner, not for lunch, was one of her comments. And so he kept growing. He kept learning. Tom said when his dad died, he was in his 90s and he was taking college classes in his 90s. What a great thing. I'm married to somebody who is a deeply curious person. We were driving around the state of California. Nancy loves to learn about California. So anytime we're going through someplace, she was looking up yesterday all about the history of Atascadero. And she has a knowledge of the state of California that is delightful and profound. Be curious about God's earth, about biology and geology and technology. People just drift through life on autopilot, and God is still inviting human beings to exercise dominion, to learn, to enter deeply into the life of the mind as as much as you are able to, and to be curious about what it is that God made. So today, be awake. Be curious. Ask what and how and when and where and why. And especially today, and especially today, Be curious about God. It would be a sad thing even to be curious about the creation and not be curious about the creator of it. God, how are you revealing yourself to me right now? How can I learn more about you and about what you have made so that I too can be a namer and a learner and a grower and a contributor? Be curious. Don't be one of those uninterested people. Not you. Not today. End of teaching. Beginning of your day with God. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tim. I'm a part of the team here at Become New. If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each video, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Or if you'd like to receive a text alert whenever we release a new video, you can text the word become to the number 855-888-0444. If you have a prayer request, please let us know. You can text that request to that same number, 855-888-0444. There's a group of us who meet every day to pray over those requests. So we look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.